Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the My Tech Decisions podcast. Today is another Patch Tuesday episode, and as always, we are joined by Dustin Childs of Zero Day Initiative. There are a few things IT admins should focus on with this month's security security release from Microsoft, including a zero day in Windows client server runtime subsystem and 32 security flaws in Azure site recovery, just to name a few. Before we get to the podcast, here's a quick reminder to download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google, and Spotify to hear weekly interviews with IT experts that can help you make the right decisions for your organization. And now here's Dustin Childs. Um, all right, so Dustin, thanks for hopping on for another Patch Tuesday episode. Um, so let's talk about some of these uh, vulnerabilities that Microsoft uh, is disclosing this month. Um, which uh, jump out to you? Well, the first obviously is the one that's under uh, active attack, and that is uh, CVE 2022-22047. Uh, local privilege escalation in CSRSS. Uh, obviously, anything that's under active attack, we want to focus on first. And although we don't know how widespread the attacks are or uh, who's behind it or who's the target, we know it's being exploited. Uh, so definitely focus on that one first. Why Why so uh, tight-lipped about about uh, this one? I mean, you know, would it, would it benefit some uh, network defenders to know this, you know, some ins and outs of of, of this case? Uh, well, I personally think it would, but uh, you know, there's always that fine line that you want to talk uh, with information where giving too much information away benefits the attacker as much as it does the defender. Microsoft tends to default towards the no information uh, so that they don't benefit the attacker whatsoever, even if it's to the detriment of the defender. I tend to disagree with that. I think having some extra information about this would definitely help defenders understand and prioritize their defenses. Obviously, uh, applying a patch is not the only defensive uh, measure that they have, so it'd be great if they could leverage their other tools to uh, perhaps defend against this while they test the update. <clears throat> we also don't know the attack vector. For example, this is just a local privilege escalation bug, which means that it's probably paired with either like a, a Word doc or an Excel or a PDF or some sort of phishing attack, some sort of social engineering that would allow the code execution to occur. The code execution would then call this bug, which would escalate, and then you would be able to take over the whole system. So this bug isn't used in isolation, and we don't know what it's paired with. So that sort of information to me would be very useful for a defender, uh, knowing at least the delivery mechanism. Uh, but Microsoft is very tight-lipped on that. They don't want to give away any of the information, and partially because they, they feel like giving away that information might expose their methods of how they were notified of the attack, which again is something obviously that they would want to guard very closely. Right, right. And this is, uh, uh, you call this out in your blog, it's not a great timing since Microsoft sort of uh, rolled back its um, uh, feature that blocks um, Office mm -hmm. macros by default. Right, yeah. And, and apparently there was quite a bit of uh, <clears throat> consternation with small and medium-sized businesses who are still relying on macros uh, in Office documents to do uh, their business to do that what they they do for a living so Microsoft just had to roll back that change and to delay it while they try to work some of that out but that's one of the reasons why that they went ahead and decided to block all office macros to begin with mm. is because they are so prevalent in active attacks uh, and used so frequently in you know phishing you know whaling ransomware you name it 
it's it's across the board. So it's definitely one of those things that we want that change to get out as soon as possible. So if you are using an Office macro, uh, please find a way to migrate away from that because in the end, you're only hurting yourself. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Windows uh, Server Servers tampering bug. Yeah, tampering is kind of this nebulous thing that they uh, have, like code execution, privilege escalation, that's very straightforward for its impact. Tampering gets a little off, but in this case, uh, an attacker could uh, upload a malicious certificate to a target server. So that does kind of fall within the line of tampering. Uh, However, once they install their own certificate, they could use that for a lot of different things, including authentication. So essentially, that tampering bug could easily turn into a code execution bug and Microsoft does give this its highest exploit index rating, which means that they expect to see something out there. So in other words, it's not a very complex attack. So especially when you're looking at certificates and you're uh, looking at an easy attack, that's something you need to, to pay attention to uh, because you could do a lot of damage with something along these lines. You could really take over an entire domain relatively quickly if you get a certificate uploaded to the right server. Um, so there, there are, uh, I believe there's two NFS bugs in, the, in this release. Is that right? That's correct. One was uh, rated slightly higher CVSS than the other. That's the one I initially called out. Mm-hmm. But both are code execution and both could allow an attacker uh, pretty much to take over a, a system running NFS. This is the third month in a row we've seen NFS uh, bugs patched. And they are very closely related, all, all four of them. Uh, they're not exactly the same, so you can't quite say it's a failed patch, but it, it's the sort of thing where uh, once a researcher finds kind of a foothold in an attack surface, they're going to mine that for as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And it seems like uh, Yuki Chen, who is the researcher who reported these bugs, has definitely taken an interest in the NFS system. So he's going to find a lot of things. Uh, well, he's going to at least try to find a lot of things uh, before Microsoft patches all of them. So expect to see a lot more of this. And these are very uh, potentially devastating bugs. So uh, I feel certain that someone's going to figure out a way to exploit them, and they will get rolled up into exploit kits that we'll see in the wild soon. Were any of the those first uh, uh, NFS bugs uh, zero days? Were they under active, active attack? No, they were reported through coordinated disclosure, so they were not uh, zero-day exploits. Uh, but again, uh, we see more exploits using end days, meaning things that have already been patched. Then zero days, zero day exploits are on the rise. Don't get me wrong. Uh, But still the end day exploits are far more common than zero days. So that's what most uh, attackers will do. They'll wait till patch Tuesday. They'll wait till patches are available. They'll reverse engineer the patches Mm. to figure out how to exploit them. And they'll take advantage of the fact that uh, people take time rolling out their security patches. They don't roll them out very quickly. Usually within 48 hours to 72 hours, we'll see exploits coming out from the uh, updates that have just been released. Very good. Um, and the uh, Windows graphic component uh, bug, which is uh, the highest uh, severity bug in this release. Yeah, and that was a really confusing one to me because if you look at the description, the FAQs are talking about connecting to an RDP server, uh, but it's a graphics component code execution bug. So uh, there's definitely some very, for me, look, reading between the lines of the a bulletin here it's kind of intriguing um so I, I don't know what exactly to make of it other than to say that typically with graphics components you have to browse to a web page or open a file to be impacted so there's some sort of user interaction involved right. uh so this is the thing and that's what i would say on this is focus on the user interaction uh 
although that user interaction is a typical user activity, which does make it very, that's why one of the reasons why the CVSS is so high, it's like the user interaction is very, very little and it's a common activity like browsing to a web page. Uh, but again, looking at the FAQ, I don't understand why uh, Microsoft calls out connecting to an RDP server for a graphics uh, component vulnerability. So that, that one's confusing to me. But uh, yeah, it's definitely the highest CVSS one and uh, definitely one to take a look at closely. Right. Yeah, I think another example of where um, more information would, would go a long way to helping us kind of understand just why it's so severe. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's the sort of thing where it's like, especially if you read as many bulletins of I, as, as I have, you see a title that doesn't match up with everything else and you're, yeah. you just wonder, uh, is this correct or have they made a mistake in the FAQ? I mean, that happens all the time, you know, cut and paste, whatever. Um, but it, if it's so non-standard, then, then it'd be great to have some additional information explaining why it's non-standard. Yeah, especially with a, a severity score that high, I think that it would be, you know, exactly. I know a little yeah, bit it's, more. The, it's the most, according to their own rating, it's the most severe bug in the entire month. Right. And you read their uh, explanation, it makes no sense whatsoever. So yeah, exactly. it's definitely frustrating for defenders to take a look at. Uh, however, for attackers, it's it's like ring of the dinner bell. It's, uh, you know, yeah. it's like, here's the high CVSS, let's, let's go get it, especially because there's confusion around it. Um, and the uh, RPC uh, uh, remote code execution bug. Yeah, RPC bugs go back, I mean, those take me back to 10, 15 years ago when they were the most popular. Uh, and it's remote unauthenticated attackers sending uh, code to a target system, executing at a high level. You combine all of these things and you could potentially end up with a wormable bug. Obviously, RPC is not exactly routable a lot of places, so you would hope that it wouldn't turn into anything big. But it's one of those things where it's like any time where you add all of those attributes up, you need to really focus on those because even a bug within a wormable bug within a limited domain can cause a lot of lot of damage. Uh, Microsoft does state that it would need to make repeated exploitation attempts, which sounds like brute forcing, uh, but it could just be you have to send several packets rather than just one. Uh, so there could be some luck involved with that, but. Uh, again, unless you're actively auditing RPC very closely, you might not know all of the, the attempts that are going on. So you could be getting brute force and not even knowing it. Uh, and that's very common. Um, and if you if, if you take the, ad, the exploit complexity and, and change it to low, which I really think it should be, um, that CVSS becomes 9.8 instead of the 8.1 that it currently is. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's one of those things. I'm sorry? I'm sorry, so another one to um, definitely prioritize. Absolutely. Yeah, any, anything where you get remote, unauthenticated code execution at ex elevated level um, with no user interaction, those are the ones that you really have to focus on and make sure they get deployed quickly. Right. Um, I think there were um, a couple dozen uh, Azure site recovery vulnerabilities. Holy cow. Yes, there were. Uh, there were 32 total wow. Azure Site Recovery bullet, uh, patches. Most of them were elevation of privilege, a couple code execution, and I think an information disclosure in there as well. Uh, they definitely uh, looked at Azure Site Recovery and said, let's patch them all today. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know if they were storing a bunch of these to put out one patch, if it was uh, based on testing or if it was based on it because they have to upgrade to the latest version to be protected from this. It's not even automatic updates that are going to get you there. 
Right. So it's, it's, it was likely a version thing. They were waiting for the newest version to come out uh, and are now documenting all of these bugs that have been reported. I would be uh, curious to know how long that these bugs have been sitting, waiting to be fixed. Uh, hopefully it hasn't been too long. Uh, but uh, yeah, a whole lot of Azure Site Recovery bugs patched this month. I haven't seen, I don't recall any time seeing 32 uh, bugs in a single component being fixed in a single month. Right. It's quite, quite unusual. So what are the implications if Azure Site Recovery is compromised? Uh, the implications? <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. What was the question? Oh, yeah. So what are the implications if Azure Site Recovery um, is compromised via one of these bugs? Well, if your site recovery, so most of these are, are dealing with uh, VMware recovery in Azure. So if you're using VMware systems within Azure and you have a problem with this, essentially, your, your guest OSs, your, your virtual machines are going to be compromised. Uh, and most likely they will just become unavailable. Uh, but really it, it gives the attacker the ability to potentially take over some of your virtual machines through the site recovery process, as I understand it. And I, I'll be the first to say I'm not an Azure expert, but based on my research and based on my reading, that's where it really comes down to. All of these seem to be related specifically to the VMware uh, means, but so that if you're using VMware within Azure, that's and are using site recovery, it's definitely the sort of thing you need to prioritize because you are now the target of these bugs. Right. And lastly, uh, Prince Fuller <coughs> makes an appearance again. Um, everyone's favorite bug. Um, yes. Yeah. So is this something we should just expect now? Just like I, uh, I really think it is. I mean. We see kernel bugs almost every month. We see browser bugs almost every month. I think we should just get used to seeing print spooler bugs almost every month too. Uh, the print spooler is so complex and has so many different parts. Uh, the attack surface is so broad that I, I think we'll be seeing a lot of these and the changes that Microsoft would need to make to really fundamentally fix all of these problems would potentially break a whole lot of functionality. So they obviously don't want to do that. So they're not going to be able to comprehensively fix all of this at once uh, because of the app compatibility issues. So we're going to see these fixed part and parcel kind of just like parted out a little bit of much e a month each time. So yeah, I would expect to see at least two or three print spooler bugs a month for, for a long time to come. And uh, anything else that, that caught your attention uh, this month? Uh, there were some interesting security feature bypass bugs this month, but they required uh, physical access, uh, which is something we don't see a lot of patching of bugs for physical access. So that's interesting to me. There's a DNS server bug uh, that would allow remote code execution. However, Microsoft lists that uh, you need high levels of privileges to exploit the bug, uh, but they don't exactly explain what that level of privilege is. That, that's a little curious to me. Anytime we start touching DNS, that could be fun. Uh, but that's really about it. Overall, it was a, kind of a moderate month, nothing too severe. We had the one under active attack, but then nothing too severe behind it. Uh, so pretty much a, a good month leading into Black Hat of uh, next month. And uh, we've got a patch Tuesday right before Black Hat. So that'll be really interesting to see if anyone presenting at Black Hat happens to get their bug killed the day before they go give a presentation. Mm, right, right. Um, will I see you at Black Hat? Uh, I will be a Black Hat. Yes, uh, my boss, Brian Gorentz, and I will actually be presenting uh, mm -hmm. on Thursday, and we will be talking about patches and uh, problems with patches. So if, you, if you're if you interested in that, please come by. Uh, I'd love to see you there. 
Excellent. All right. Very good. I plan on it. All right. Thanks very much, Dustin. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Zach.